0: Welcome to MMC Radio, brought to you by Maine Medical Center, Maine's leader in patient care, education, and research, all centered around you. Here is our host, Melanie Cole. Over
1: 100,000 people in the U.S. are waiting for kidney transplants, and there is a tremendous kidney organ shortage. My guest today is Dr. Juan Palma. He's a transplant surgeon at Maine Transplant Program at Maine Medical Center. Welcome to the show, Dr. Palma. Tell us a little bit about kidney transplants, what's going on today, and and what's new and exciting?
0: Uh, Hi, Melanie. Uh, Thanks for the opportunity. Uh, So there is good and bad news, as usual. Uh, The good news is that uh, 2015 was a record-breaking year for organ donation. Uh, About 30,000 transplants were done uh, all over the country for the first time. So that's the good news. Uh, The bad news is that, uh, unfortunately, the demand for organs continue to uh, grow at a faster pace uh, than the organs that are available. So the gap between the need and the supply, unfortunately, every year keeps getting bigger and bigger, which translates into increasing waiting times for transplants, And unfortunately, also that uh, of those patients while waiting for a life-saving organ.
1: So now tell us what would send somebody to need a kidney transplant. At what stage in various kidney diseases does it come down to getting on a transplant list?
0: The two main, uh, the two leading causes uh, of kidney disease uh, in the United States are uh, diabetes uh, and hypertension. And I'm sure that that we all have friends or family or relatives that, unfortunately, uh, may have uh, one or the two. Uh, There is other uh, diseases uh, that affect the kidney. Uh, But, like I said, I mean, diabetes, hypertension, encompass about uh, 60, if not more, of the uh, uh, percentage of patients that uh, will lead into chronic kidney disease. And when you develop chronic kidney disease, the remaining of your kidney function is measured. So when you fall below 20%, uh, that's when uh, the patient should start looking for an alternative. uh, In this case, uh, either dialysis or transplantation.
1: How long can someone be on dialysis? That's
0: an excellent question. Uh, It it depends on the patient's... um, Uh, body uh, reserve, younger people uh, that they have less uh, uh, medical problems, they may last longer uh, in comparison to older patients that they may have uh, additional heart problems, lung problems, uh, that that they uh, complicate uh, their survival. So in average, uh, patients may last uh, as little as three, four years, as long as uh, 11-plus years.
1: And while dialysis is certainly an option, it's very inconvenient, even with home dialysis treatments now, Doctor Palma. So, tell us about the transplant situation. What's what's the what's going on now as far as living donation versus using somebody who's just
0: died? Okay. So the the main, um, um, uh, I, I think that the, I would like to take a step back. So the. Transplant, kidney transplantation in general, the two main reasons that, that we promote uh, transplantation as the best modality of treatment of somebody that is facing dialysis is based on a survival advantage. There is plenty of uh, uh, literature and data <clears throat> that supports that patients that receive a kidney transplant, their survival is significantly increased in comparison to somebody that is based on dialysis. So there is a clear survival advantage. And number two, like, a, you, like you mentioned, that is, uh, uh, it's, uh, you, their lifestyle improves greatly because they don't need to be uh, captive uh, into their uh, dialysis schedules that uh, for most people can be as uh, routine as every day versus every other day. They cannot travel it's, it's, it takes a toll on the body, so their, their lifestyle and their quality of life uh, improves greatly. So those are the two main principles why we support uh, transplantation. The third one, you look uh, from the healthcare perspective, transplants in general, if they are successful, they save money. Uh, Medicare is the main contractor because anybody that goes into, uh, into dialysis, usually Medicare covers the expenses. So, um, in general, patients that they get transplanted it after three years, uh, Medicare costs drops uh, to keep those patients going with uh, anti-rejection medications, in comparison to patients that they still remain on dialysis. So there's there's multiple benefits.
1: So now, in the donation process, it, it, people have to look for a matching donor, and whether they're on the organ donation list, which can be a long, uncertain wait. Dr. Palma, what about living donation? Can the person donating live with just one kidney?
0: That that is uh, correct. That's a correct uh, um, statement, uh, and it's been proven uh, over many, uh, many decades. uh, The first uh, living uh, kidney transplant that was was done here in the United States, Uh, it goes back to 1954. Uh, and uh, the recipient um, uh, kept the kidney for more than uh, two, two two-and-a-half decades, and the donor did well. So we have uh, more than 60 years of uh, track record on living donation in this country. Living donation in 2016 is safer than ever. Uh, The donors are um, uh, screened very carefully. We test every single one of our donors to basically uh, assure them That uh, although there is always a risk involved with kidney donation, that that risk is minimal and it will have minimal repercussions for the the rest of their lifetime.
1: So if somebody just has one kidney and they're a family member and they've donated a kidney to a family member, is there a genetic component to kidney disease that now that person that's left with only one kidney is at risk for kidney disease themselves? I mean, I think that's a big concern for people.
0: Correct. When I evaluate uh, donors on a daily basis, uh, again, uh, part of the surgical, uh, part of the uh, donation risk assessment includes what you mentioned. Is there a genetic uh, disorder that is carried uh, within the family? So then the donor will be exposed to the same risk uh, as the relative that is already facing dialysis. Fortunately, uh, very few uh, genetic diseases are the the result uh, of uh, end-stage renal disease. Like I said before, the most common ones are diabetes and hypertension, and there is multiple factors other than genetic. But uh, absolutely, if there is uh, a strong family history of kidney disease, we take that into consideration to make recommendations about the risk for that particular living donor.
1: And living kidney donors provide the recipients a better chance for survival as, as more than a deceased donor, is that true?
0: That is correct. Uh, the average, the half-life, uh, so basically 50% of the kidneys from living donors, they are uh, functioning in average 18, 18 years versus 10 years from a, from a deceased donor. And that is an important point because when you have a, a young patient that is already facing dialysis, uh, having a living donor may open the door for that patient to stay away from coming back to the transplant uh, wait list, uh, hopefully forever. If you get a living uh, disease donor uh, transplant at a young age, most likely you will come back again after 10, 15 years and re-entry the wait list. And that is one of the main problems. We have about 20% of our patients on the wait list that they are, unfortunately, uh, patients that they require a second, a third, sometimes a fourth kidney transplant. So trying, living donation is clearly a better alternative, and it will help us all to keep uh, patients away from coming back to the wait list. Hopefully yeah, that uh, situation will not happen.
1: Does the living donator have to pay for this surgery?
0: That is an excellent uh, uh, question. Uh, no, the the cost of the uh, evaluation itself, all the testing, uh, CAT scans, blood work, the clinic visits, um, and the surgery itself, uh, and uh, the hospitalization, they're all paid by the recipient insurance. Uh, there is, however, uh, some areas, uh, some items that are not covered uh, by the recipient insurance. The main one is... Um, uh, the uh, work, uh, uh, basically their, their, their wages, their salary wages are not covered uh, by uh, the insurance, so basically the donor has to have the funds or the time uh, to do uh, uh, this procedure, which typically it takes, uh, it takes donors four weeks out of their uh, working environment.
1: So they have to be able to to miss work in that case, and we only have a few minutes left, Doctor Palma. It's such a fascinating subject. What would make somebody a stranger want to give? You must have seen this in your practice. Want to give a, a stranger one of their kidneys?
0: That is uh, actually that's the reason that I chose uh, transplantation. I mean, it's a very uplifting specialty, and uh, I cannot answer that question uh, because th- I think that the living donors, donors in general, are special people. Uh, completely. They make the decision. is, uh, is completely um, uh, out of any uh, financial or uh, personal gain. They just do it because they keep telling me it's the right thing to do. I have two kidneys. Somebody needs some help. So that altruism, I think that uh, if we all learn from these living donors, maybe we can, uh, you know, be a, a better uh, world altogether. So it, it, it is fascinating. Uh, there is multiple reasons why uh, these people want to donate. But I think that bottom line, they're just good people that they want to help.
1: I think so too, and I applaud all the great work that you're doing in just the last minute here. Give your best advice for people who might need to have a kidney or people considering donating one of their kidneys and why they should come to Maine Medical Center for their care.
0: So for the patients that uh, uh, they've been diagnosed uh, with uh, uh, for the first time with chronic kidney disease, try to stay uh, as healthy as possible. Try to control the diseases uh, that may uh, be the source of the kidney damage. I'm talking about diabetes, high blood pressure. A lot of, uh of prevention goes a long way. So you know that your family has diabetes, hypertension. Try to uh, avoid, try to stay on, on your uh, ideal weight exercise, have healthy habits. So hopefully you can prevent a kidney disease. If you want to be a donor, uh, the best uh, uh, advice that I have is to contact uh, a transplant program. We can provide you all the information that, we, uh, that you may need. We have uh, from uh, uh, social workers to financial coordinators to physicians, so we can answer every question that you may have. Uh, and um, I think that um, uh, my program, uh, at Maine Medical Center, one of the things that we pride about is our results are among the, uh, the best in the nation. But more importantly, because we're on the small side, I think that that we provide personal care. So we know all of our patients by name. They know us by name. It's not like going to a large program when they can be lost uh, in the shuffle. So I think that that we provide excellent uh, patient service, and I think that is the, the key to our success.
1: Thank you so much. What great work you're doing, Dr. Palman. Thank you so much for being with us today. You're listening to MMC Radio and for more information, you can go to mmc.org. That's mmc.org. This is Melanie Cole. Thanks so much for listening.